Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to another edition of your favourite podcast, Insane in the Membrane. Insane in the Membrane. Uh, yeah, look at this on the old video. Uh, if you're listening to this, I'm on video as well while I record this. And the people watching the video can see me saying this to the people listening to it in their ear holes. And there we are. Technology, eh? Ooh, very exciting. So welcome. Hope you're well. Hope you're good. It's been a funny old few weeks you know the usual running around uh, gigging for myself um, there's been all sorts of just all sorts of things happening that you'll see coming up uh, in the new year um, that's the thing as well it's, it's, it's November already and it, it's rattling by I was moaning the other day about Christmas songs already being in TK Maxx but now I'm like it was like on the last day of October so I feel I was kind of right 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 but it was, it was, the, it, now it's sort of like November, it's getting into like mid-November, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, Christmas song. I've just seen the John Lewis advert, that's what's going on. We talk about it in this episode briefly. Um, every year, the John Lewis episode comes out, and I know, I know why the, why the John Lewis advert comes out. I know why they're doing it. I know what they're trying to do, they're trying to make you buy stuff. I get it, right? But this one's really good. This one's really good. And the guy singing it, um... Uh, it's Puddle's Pity Party, who I saw in Melbourne with Eddie Brimson a few years ago. Um, it's, it's great. It's a great version of a Blink-182 song. And so the whole thing works. It's a nice little story as well going on in the advert. And I'm, I'm, I'm in, hook, line and sinker. So I'm, I'm already going to go out after I've done this and get myself a Christmas pudding. <laughs> and a big old hat, big old Santa hat. I don't need the beard, I've already got that. But uh, yeah, Christmas is coming. Oh, I don't know. It's the same time every year. It's the same thing every year, isn't it? We, I get excited. I do. I, there is a part of me that loves it. I do love it. I do love it. I just worry about people that haven't got enough. You know. Oof, anyway. 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 On with the show. Now, a couple of years ago, before COVID, when uh, producer Paul and I used to go to Comedy Central in Camden uh, to record these, they used to like uh, because uh, Paul. Uh, does stuff for Comedy Central so they used to allow us to have a room or a corner somewhere in their offices um, and uh, we had Francis Foster down there Francis Foster is one of the hosts of the of the massively successful podcast Trigonometry um, which has blown up since we spoke to Francis in it must have been 2019 it's, it's, it's over a hundred episodes ago so go back through and have a listen because it's a really good episode as well Um and their podcast has blown up. I mean, they've had all manner of people. I think they're Jordan Peterson. They've had Bill Burr. Huge, huge people. Joe Rogan, I believe, has been on it as well. Loads of people from all different backgrounds. I mean, I'm naming the, the ones I can remember, but there's people from all sorts of places. So 
um, we were like, well, we need to speak to Constantine. And Constantine uh, Kissing is the other host. And we talk about this in the episode where a lot of people see Constantine as a... Sorry. <laughs> as a controversial sort of figure. But we talk about that in the episode. You know, like, I know that people might... If they're if they they'll, they'll see that Constantine is on the on the podcast and they'll be like, why have you got him on? So because I want to talk to people from all different places with all different kind of views, and that's we talk about that in the episode again. He's like he's talking about talking to people, talking to people is what we want to do. That's how we make changes. It's talking to each other rather than fighting with each other. We talk to each other and we work things out, you know. And I found. I, that I got on really well with Constantine. I, I know I've already got. I didn't. Do you know what? Scrap that. I don't. Didn't just find find that. I already got on him before. I got on with him before because we used to. We met up with each other in Edinburgh a couple of years ago, and we got on famously. I, I really, I really like him. I think he's. A, I think he's. He's a good. He's a. Good, he's a good guy, and I got on really well with him. And so it was, I was looking forward to the chat today, um, but I understand that people. The way certain people see him, but we talk about that in the episode as well. I don't see him that way. I think I I, I enjoy talking to him, you know. So it was a joy to have him on, and uh, that's so. And this is going to be available, as I say, on YouTube. If you're watching it, you already know that. If you're listening, it's going to be on YouTube. So do check it out. Where there's a load of other videos on there as well. Um, and check out trigonometry. You know, you, you, you might check it out. I, there's been some good guests on there. Really, really opened my mind to certain to certain things. Um, Listen, I'm, I'm wittering again. That's what I do. I'm wittering. And so let's get on with the episode, shall we? So coming up in a minute is Constantine Kissing. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. A podcast from producer Paul UK. Insane in the membrane. It's funny talking about, um, if, yeah, that, the, the internet. Because this morning, 
So I saw the John Lewis advert this morning. Right. And I was like, I really like that. And I like the person singing the song. I've seen that it's Puddle's Pity Party. It's like six foot something clown. It's like Piero doll. And I, I like him. I'm glad that the guy's got the break he's mm. got. I'm like, yeah, he absolutely deserves that. Mm. And I went to tweet about it. And I started the tweet with, okay, I'm just going to say it. Because mm. I know <laughs> that the John Lewis advert causes such a fuss every year. Does it? I, I yeah. haven't seen this one. Like, oh, I have seen, people always kick off about it. That's it. And you yeah. have to start it. And someone, a guy, Ash Preston, and he went, he goes, I can't believe you've, you've had to, you've, you've, the way you've started this, this tweet when all you're doing is saying, I liked an advert. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but look where I've said it. <laughs> it's on Twitter. Anything could be taken as inflammatory. It's true, man. I, you know what? I've started to realize in the last couple of days, in the last couple of weeks as well, is Twitter has just become like, it's just a distraction machine. Yeah. And it doesn't, none of what is being discussed actually matters. So for like, Two weeks ago, everyone on my timeline that I was arguing with, people go, oh, yeah, nuclear war, we must stop whatever is going on in Ukraine, mm. we must do this, we must do that. Then Elon Musk buys Twitter. No one gives a shit anymore. <laughs> nuclear war is off the, off the agenda. <laughs> we just care about the future of blue ticks or whatever. That's how it is, man. It's just a way to get people's attention onto something and just yeah. to give them a bit of stuff to chew on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all it is. Yeah, you know? and it's, it's interesting as well because there was that time, because you... You when it was the the Black Lives Matter thing was happening, mm. and you tweeted something about you don't need. Was, I'm paraphrasing, but it was something like you don't need twelve books to tell you how not to be racist mm. or something like that. And I read the tweet and I'm like, yeah, I agree with that. You should already not be racist. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you shouldn't be now going, oh yeah, shit, I need to read up on that. Like, mm. No, 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 you should already know. You know, if you're a decent person and I remember you messaged me and you just went listen just be aware they're gonna come for you and I'm like yeah but I agree with what you said and you went just be, be aware I went alright and you were right just, I'm like and I'm like what? but I agree with what you said alright so I don't agree with everything you say yeah. but it's like with Joe Rogan it's like sometimes he says a thing and I go yeah actually yeah that's a fair point mm. but because of the rest of it but where we're at now people you've either got to agree with it or or nothing. If you and if you agree, if you agree with one bit, it's like, well, you're clearly on. You agree with them and all of their shit ideas as well, and you're like, I oh, just agree with that one. And yeah. Sometimes I agree with that one, but yeah. you know, and then, and then Hitler gets brought up, and you go, well, no, that's completely different. <laughs> There's nothing Hitler said that made me go, no, oh, it, yeah. no, I don't know. Hitler was vegetarian. <laughs> See, it's always that vegetarian. Vegetarian, was, was loved animals, right? He was a bit creative in more ways than one, you know. Yeah. But it's that it's that whole. I know, man. It's just it's, it's just you can't you can't just go. Yeah, I like that. Quite you, you have to you always have to say, I like this particular idea. Mm. I think I agree with this. Mm. But there's no like I agree with this. Discuss. It's always like I agree with that. Well, you shouldn't look mm. at blah blah blah. There's no room for no one's talking to each other, are they? No. Well, I and think some of us are trying. Yeah, like right now. But you seem to exist in that world, and. Yeah, I don't know. Do you? You don't. You can't. You can't enjoy it, surely. I mean, you might, I mean, I I enjoy debate. Yeah. But when it's like full blown, just relentless arguing, and it seems every day, they must get to you. Nah. No, you like. I like it. I like it. But you, you, I mean, it's it's part. It's the price you pay as well. It's like if you've got an audience of two hundred thousand people mm. on Twitter, 
some of them are going to disagree with you. It's kind yeah. of, you know, uh, I just see it as the price of admission to some extent. And I, I really enjoy, I really enjoyed the discussions that I have with people. Mm. Uh, not always. Sometimes there's every now and again, I get annoyed by stuff, but generally speaking, um, I like it. Yeah. I like it. I think, um, for my concerns about Twitter and social media and whatever, uh, I found a way to, to, to really make the most of it and enjoy mm. it. And it's also, you know, it's an opportunity to connect with loads of people. Yeah, true. It's an opportunity to connect. Now, some of the people who are commenting uh, on the stuff that you post, they'll say really stupid stuff or be aggressive or whatever. But I always, you know, uh, Frances' girlfriend said something funny because uh, we were talking about the YouTube comments that people leave on trigonometry. Mm. And she was like, okay, but do you know a single person who leaves YouTube comments? No. And we're like, no. Well, there you go then. <laughs> it's not necessarily representative of what no. people think about what you're saying or the content or whatever. So yeah. from that perspective, uh, you just learn to, I think, think about it correctly and then it doesn't bother you. Yeah. It's funny with cause that trigonometry. When it's when there's been a few times people have mentioned it in green rooms and things like that, and they'll go and it's always followed with Ugh, trigonometry, those fellas. And you're like, yeah, but aren't they just having a aren't they just opening up the debate? Aren't they just like shining a light on certain things? It's not, it's this something. Like, it's true. I said it to Francis actually, Francis was on here, mm. and I said to him, I said, I'm a bit surprised you were sort of like more right leaning, and then he said, I'm not. And we had a good chat about mm, it. Mm. And that's the same with you. Mm. It's like you're just, you're just opening up the discussion, surely. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that uh, I, I don't know if I'm right leaning or not. I'm de- mm. the, my issue is with the excesses of the, the, the left. Yeah. Um, if opposing that makes me right leaning, then uh, maybe I am right leaning in that case. You know, I don't really. Uh, I, I just think these tribal instincts, I just don't have them. I think they're really stupid, mm. you know, or team red or team blue. I try to think for myself. I don't want to be part of a team. I don't yeah. want to be on a tribe. I want to speak to interesting people, have interesting conversations, improve the way I think. Mm. That's really what discussions are for, for me. That's why I quite enjoy Twitter in a sense, because, yeah, you get a lot of crap. But also every now and again, somebody will say something and go, well, I didn't know that. Oh, maybe I should read this book or I should read this. Mm, and, and, yeah. I, and I learn and my mind is nourished by these things. And that's what I'm interested in. I'm interested in improving the quality of my thinking, learning more, uh, connecting with interesting people. And the result is for me is a result of doing trigonometry and the other stuff we do. I just get to spend loads of time talking to absolutely incredible people. Yeah. And that is enriching to, to me intellectually. It's enriching to me in terms of my mindset, uh, which is, you know, obviously, as probably you know, is a huge part of life, you mm. know, how you think about things yeah. uh, in your own life and how you are. So from that perspective, um, you know, I, I care less about the politics of it. I just think there's quite a lot of issues that we refuse to talk about honestly. And then if you don't talk about things, honestly, you, the problems that you're talking about are never going to get resolved. Mm, They're just yeah. not, you know. Um, and a lot of them, a lot of things get, they have certain labels attached to them. And it takes a lot of time for, for people to go, actually, you know what, maybe, maybe it was the right wingers who were making that point. But now, actually, we've kind of got to a place where, like, it really needs dealing with. Like, grooming gangs is a good example of this, mm. right? It was something that Tommy Robinson was bringing up, and everybody rightly, because it's Tommy Robinson, yeah. you know. Now that we know what was actually going on, 
you go, well, actually, this was really important. Yeah. You know, and it was horrible and it's continuing and the government is now trying desperately to do something about it, which is what you're talking about is little children being raped. Now, that seems mm. to me like quite important. Yeah, it's up there, isn't it? You yeah. know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so that's the shutting down of conversations because of who is saying Because it, it was the wrong person, yeah. Is, to me, very troublesome. You don't get to good places by doing things like that, no. I don't think. But as you say, it's a tricky one when it's someone like... Tommy Robinson, mm. who's so awful and 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 was ripping off everybody mm. anyway, like he was using his platforms mm. to just take money from everybody. Mm. But that's take, that's but then, why it shouldn't be Tommy Robinson talking yeah, about yeah, it, right? Yeah. It should be sensible people having that discussion yeah. in a more sensible way. Instead, if you don't talk about it, then you get the Tommy Robinsons. Yeah, true. And they're not going to come in and be nuanced about it. They're going to come in and go, this is all Muslims or this is all Pakistanis or whatever. And then you haven't had the conversation that you actually need to have, which is small subset of people doing terrible things needs to be tackled right away. Yeah, that's it. Exactly that. And it's, but that's it. This is why we do this, Mm. you know, and I've had people on before and I've had messages with people going, oh, dude, You've got to check this guy out mm. first, and I'm like, hey, what, "What? I need to talk to everybody." Mm. You know, we can't. If the, re, the, the way the, what happens is, is like you say, like the left only talk to the left, and the right only talk to the right, and everyone winds each other up. Mm. But if we actually just turn and face each other and go, "All right, mm. let's see," and it's always the far left, it's always the far right. Yeah, there's people sort of like like to, and if, even to call yourself a centrist, people go, "Yeah, but that's." You might as well call yourself right wing. You go, no, I'm just understanding of where everyone's coming from. Because at the end of the day, the planet's about to dissolve anyway. <laughs> so let's let's sort this out, shall mm, we? It's mm. fucking nuts, man. Yeah, you know. Yeah. It's, but then you know. But then they, this is it. Human beings have all certain human beings have always manipulated everything anyway for their own gain, mm. which always muddies the waters. I think a big part of it is the tribalism that we talked about yeah. a few minutes ago, because. It's in our, this is how we evolved. You're not going to stop people being tribal. We evolved to be tribal. But at an individual level, you can try to transcend that at Mm. certain points. Uh, I really am working very hard with myself to not allow myself to fall into this tribalism. Uh, There's, you know, in my book, there's quite a lot of left-wing ideas in my book because I think the left has some good points. Um, And there'll be some things that people think are right-wing because the right also has some good points. It's just how it is. I think um, the most important thing for me is to to really get clear about what do I think and why do I think it? Because we all get, we inherit, just like, you know, if you want to talk about mental health, we inherit these ways of being from yeah. family, society, parents, siblings, school, and we learn things, and then we just assume that's the way it should be. Yeah. Well, it's really whether it's mental health or political views or whatever, you want to unpack a little bit. It's like, why am I? Why do I think this? Why am I behaving this? Why have I got this response? And that's that to me is the journey of a human being is to work out who actually are you. Yeah. You know, and th- that's when you become powerful in the world, you know, and I, and we've got to a place in society where the word power is associated with bad things. <laughs> yeah. Like, because we've confused power with tyranny. Yes. Yeah. Power means abuse. Power yeah. means taking advantage. But that's not what power is. Power can be a tool for good. Yeah. Right. Power is, you know, you want to be powerful to protect your family. You want to be powerful to create a business that requires Power, power yeah. right? And that's my, that's all I'm about in this, in this moment is I'm always, uh, you know, I, I spent my 20s and early 30s, probably I spent, I don't know, 100 grand and 
many months doing various sorts of personal development stuff mm. and courses and whatever because I I wanted to know who I am and be able to do things in the real world that I want to do yeah you know um, and that's my focus both in terms of practical like behavior how do I run trigonometry with Francis whatever but also intellectually you know yeah, yeah, who yeah. am I what do I believe why do I believe it that to me is the interesting stuff arguing with people about you know the, the Labour Party or the Conservative Party they're both shit and we, all, we, all, <laughs> we all know it <laughs> you know yeah yes yeah, true actually there isn't anyone that you get that you could get behind right now no you know it's no. just it's all nonsense but it's um, it's true what you say about unpacking all that stuff because mm. I know because it's sometimes I'm a bit more aware of it now but when I was when I was growing up and you'd, you'd see someone or you'd, you'd, or you'd be somewhere and you'd have certain thoughts and you go, why am I thinking that? I mm-hmm. don't, you know, oh, it could be because when I was growing up, that was the norm and that was what people were saying around me. The grown-ups were saying it. Mm-hmm. And so now you go, and so you have to have that whole fight in your head going, no, 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 that's that's not the reason. That's not why this is shit. Mm-hmm. It's shit because of some other reason or whatever. And you're unpacking it all the time. And it's, but some people aren't even doing that. No. They're just, they're just they're where, they're, where they got to a certain point and then that's it. But it's much more comfortable. Yeah. That, that's a much more comfortable way of being. Uh, I just, I never, I, there was a point in my probably early 20s when I thought comfort was the goal, being comfortable, you yeah. know, just being okay. And it makes sense because my childhood and early adult years were, were challenging. There was mm. a lot of change and things weren't very stable. And I went from being like the, uh, the son of a super rich Russian mini oligarch to like sleeping in a park in Edinburgh. Wow. Um, and not having a job and, you know, having a, you know, I was very successful at school. I got good grades, blah, blah, blah. I go to a good university and then my parents can't afford to pay for me to continue. Right. So instead of carrying on and getting a good degree, I suddenly have to fend for myself. Mm. I don't have a degree, which I always thought I did. I have to get all kinds of jobs and whatever. So that was a challenge. And, and I think my initial response to that was to, to look for comfort yeah but then when i first discovered personal development i was like it, it, it was uh, francis calls uh, being on stage like the joke coke <laughs> you know it's addictive for me that that thing of like oh wow you can be free of certain things yeah. that you've been holding on to and you can think about what you want to build or create in the world it was like <laughs> i want more of this you know uh, and so from that moment on i'm always looking and I'm always thinking, how do I improve my mindset? How do who who can I find that inspires me? Uh, who can I find that fills in gaps in my way of being or thinking or whatever? Mm. And so whenever I meet people, that's my my part of my focus. You know, part of it obviously connect and you know whatever. Yeah. But a big part of it is like, what can I learn? What can I learn from you to improve me so I can be better at doing the things that I want to achieve? Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. Uh, to me, that's that's really important and. Um, that's kind of where a lot of my, I have a weird relationship, I suppose, with uh, mental health, quote unquote, because on the one hand, I think personal development uh, is super important. Mm. On the other hand, I think we've got to a place where we're confusing things a little bit. So uh, mental health is kind of a way of like bringing mental illness into the same place as, you know, being good at stuff or being able to manage, you know, and you know, like I remember when I was a student, I was 18, I would go into a, into a bar and I would start sweating even at the idea of trying to order a drink. Yes. You know, I had that anxiety. 
But thankfully, mental health wasn't around. So I saw that as a problem that needed to be sorted out yeah. through competence. Right. Why am I feeling this? Well, well that's because I'm not very good at social skills. What does that mean? That means I need to learn social skills. Yeah, I was the same. You know, and that's to me, especially for men, because men and women are different in this respect, I think, where, you know, a lot of people think that what you need is confidence. What I've found out is you can't have true confidence without competence. Yeah. You have to be good at stuff. It's like being a comedian. No one is confident when they do their first gig. No. And you shouldn't be because you're shit. <laughs> right? And it's only really when you've done it long enough that you've got hundreds of gigs that you've absolutely crushed. Yeah. That you go, okay, I'm probably going to be okay no matter what happens here. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. And, and so, but what we've done, I think, is we've brought, you know, there are people who are mentally ill. Yeah they've got psychotic episodes or they, they see things that aren't there or hear voices that don't exist. And we've kind of blended it all into one. And I think that's a big, big mistake. You know, people who are mentally ill need a different type of help. Mm. And people who have a bit of anxiety or get a bit depressed in winter, they don't need to go and see a doctor. They need to do something about why their life is not the way they want or mm. why their mindset is not the way they want. So, you know, I'm big into personal development, mental health. I'm less right. Less. Do you see what? Do you see? The I do see what you mean. Yes, but it is. Yes, but it is difficult. It is difficult. Like it's all very well saying, like, yeah, someone's got a little bit of anxiety, mm. but you know, and they need to, they need to sort of make changes and do things to improve their life and make their life get their life where they want it to be. That's not easy. It's, no, some people just don't have that in them. I, I don't know how to do that. You know, which is why we have. This I didn't know how to do it. No, I didn't know how to do it. But then you got to go out and look for it. Yeah, you got to. And the moment you start looking, the universe is going to send you all the stuff that you're looking for. Yeah, right. It's about again mindset. And for me, once I realized that the option was on the table, mm. that you can improve yourself, you can be better, you can be more effective, you can, you know, communicate better, you yeah. can have a better relationship with your partner, you can. Uh, be a better friend you can be more fulfilled you can be happier you can be all these things I was like what else is there what are the books that I need to read yeah. who, do, who else do I talk to what other course do I do and my entire 20s was about that it was spending loads of money and loads of time going like I want to be better yeah. I want to grow I want to develop um, so and over time this is kind of you have to stack these things over time that's why to me, it was not a surprise that trigonometry has been the success that it's been mm. because I was working towards that my entire life. Right, okay. Yeah. Everything I've done in my life, I didn't know it consciously, but no. it had been partly about that. The comedy was partly about that because that comfort of being on stage, being able to deal with unexpected things that are happening, mm. uh, being able to make a joke in the right moment, judging what a room is like. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Understand, you know, a lot of people who just start something on the internet, they don't understand how the things they say land with audiences. And being a comedian is very useful for that. All the personal development stuff, very useful for being able to sit there and be present with somebody instead of being in your own head going, what's the next question yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of that. And that's what I think is really really important is constantly thinking about you know how do i improve mm. how do i grow um and i the more success i have the more i think about that because mm. i'm just like i want to be great i want to be great at this thing that i'm doing yeah uh i don't want to i don't want anything to be in the way it's like if you're you know if you're in a boat and there's something dragging it down why would you 
Why do, why yeah, would you yeah, allow yeah, that yeah, to yeah. be there if you want to get to where you want to get to? Yeah. You know. Uh, so I know it's not easy and that's because it's not easy. No. It's really hard. But to me, I just was never comfortable staying there knowing that another option was possible. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think that's where actually a lot of people are stuck as I was. They don't realize another option is possible. Yes, exactly. But it is. Yeah. And all you got to do is start looking for for the answers and they will come. Absolutely. You're right. You're right. The last couple of years has been really tricky for me mm. and there's lots of ups and downs. I was very I was depressed for a long time, but I didn't I, there was there's still something in me. I'm lucky enough to have, to have something where I get to a point where I go, "Oh my god, f- I can't fucking think about this anymore." I'm I'm sick of thinking these negative shitty things. Mm. I'm going for a walk. Mm-hmm. And I get angry with myself, mm-hmm. and then and I and now I've, I've managed to turn it around. And now I'm like, when, as soon as I get those negative thoughts, I'm like, no, I'm not fucking doing that today. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that today. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put a record on. I'm going to put something on. I'm going to do something I like, and mm-hmm. I, or I'm going to go out. I'm yeah. going to do something. So I don't allow it to happen now. And now right. I'm putting out positivity into the world. Yes. Things have changed. Yes. I'm getting, there's more people that are messaging me about stuff. There's, I'm just because I'm sort of radiating a more positive vibe, man. And it, it, I know that sounds wishy-washy. It doesn't sound wishy-washy to me because it's yeah. 100% true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and this is actually one of the reasons I'm really glad that I'm not doing stand-up anymore because it encourages you to be in that mindset because you're surrounded by a lot of other people who are in that mindset, mm. who are not happy, who are not fulfilled, uh, who are con- comparing themselves to other people all the time. Yeah. And when you're surrounded by that, it doesn't matter how strong-minded you are. It's hard to maintain that positive vibe. Oh, yeah. But as you say, you know, I, can, I know how to give myself depression in a mm. week. <laughs> yeah. in, I, I can give myself really bad depression in a week. Stay in. Don't talk to anyone, play computer games, drink alcohol, don't do any exercise, smoke, yeah. you know, all of, and, and bam, sorted. Yeah. So that means also I know how to not give myself depression or if I'm starting to feel like winter's coming. Oh, God, yeah. And yeah, the yeah, mood yeah. is starting to dip. I know what to do. I need to go to the sauna a bit more. I need to go and play basketball. I need to speak with friends. I need to make sure that... You know, I'm meeting people who excite me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go and do something. Doing a podcast like this is fun. You know, meeting an old friend who I know from the circuit, having a conversation. And it's about taking control of your life, right? Yes. And so that doesn't mean to say some people aren't clinically depressed and need proper help. Of course they do. But for most people, most of the time, their problems are a consequence of their own behavior. They're not a consequence of life is just this way. You know, there's always something that you can do to improve. And that's why I just think until you've exhausted all those options. Yeah. And most people haven't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to put myself in the, I'm really mentally, you know, I've got yeah. bad mental. No, I haven't. I just, I'm just being a dick for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I yeah. haven't done the things that I need to do. Yes. That's how I think about I'm it. I'm the same, man. I'm the same. Just changing your diet as well. Yeah, oh, massive. If, if you're eating shit food, you're going to feel shit. Yeah. So just, a li- just little things like have an apple. And I know that, again, it's just, it sounds so simple. But that's it. Just have an apple. Mm. There's a guy called James Smith who's a personal trainer guy and he's had books out. And, and I, I like him because he's online and he, and, he, and he calls out people that are just like snake oil salesmen mm. going, you need this electric sleeping bag that will help you sweat all the toxins mm. out and all that. Mm. And I love the fact that he calls them those people cunts and things like that. Mm. And it, just a simple thing when he said, he goes dieting, he goes, it's just about, it's just about calorie intake. If mm. you eat fewer calories... 
you'll lose weight. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what you eat, you know. But if you, he goes, you can have a donut for every meal, but you're not going to feel well. No. He said, but, you know, if it's, if you can, you can do all these things, but you just got to just change little bits. Yeah. And it makes such a difference. I, I think, and this is, I think it's true of everybody, but for men especially, there is nothing better for your mental health than taking charge of your life. Mm. Yeah, and it can't, that's why, you know, I know Jordan Peterson is kind of controversial and blah, blah, blah. But actually, like, the first bit of advice he gives you, which is clean your room. Yeah. The reason it works is it forces you to start taking charge of your life in a small way. And any area that you are struggling with is probably an area that you haven't taken charge of. You haven't yeah. gone, what's the problem? What's the problem? Honestly, what is actually the problem? Yeah. Here? Problem is blah, blah, blah. How do I, what can I do? Well, I can do this, this and this. Let's do that. Or maybe sometimes it's like, well, I can't do anything. So I got to accept that this is how it is. Mm. That's also part of it. Um, but I, yeah, that, that to me is, I just, I refuse to be, uh, I refuse to be at the mercy of these things. You know, where, and I used to, my wife and I, we used to go to, uh, before this was before I did stand up. So I could, go away for a month like I, I i had i was a translator so i was okay. location independent and we'd spend at least a month in in somewhere in like sicily or to try and get some sun because i used to get really depressed in winter right and i, I i've realized <coughs> since that it's just a solution but a better solution is to fill your life with stuff that you enjoy yeah when you're here yeah, and yeah. then it, it's less of an issue yeah yeah you know? it's just little things like make the phone call about the bills that you owe money yeah. about or you know, the thing you've been putting off, raises, and I say that as someone who's been doing that recently. We all do. Yeah, I, kind of, oh, I, can't, face, I can't face that. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll do tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow is the day. Yeah. And then somebody, yeah. And invariably what happens, Rich, as you know, is when you actually do the thing, it's not even half as bad as you thought it was no. going to be. Because the procrastinating about it makes it bigger in your head. That's why if you take control of it, you, you deal with it and it doesn't stew there. Yeah. It doesn't sit there and it becomes less of a, it has less of an impact on your life. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Man, it's just, it's exactly, so those little things, those little changes. Yeah. And, but again, Jordan Peterson, like, I know he gets, he does get slagged off and there's a couple of things he said. And I went, oh yeah, I agree with that. Mm. But I don't agree with all of it. And yeah. sometimes I'm like, all right, mate, chill out. But that's the same with everybody. That's the same with me. Like I made some comment, I was on get again on Twitter the other day and I said, Moaning about Twitter on Twitter seems a bit like moaning about vandalism on the very wall you're having a piss against. Yeah. And this guy went, mate, he goes, I love you, but come on, surely, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I was just taking the piss. I wasn't yeah. really, it was just a comment of what's going on. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, but they go, he goes, I love you, but. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, but I say all sorts of things. It, it, people do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And just. Just, just take a step back a minute and just you can't it's that, that, that again like I said at the beginning it's that the it's everything or nothing you know oh you oh you like to Jordan, a Jordan Peterson quote well you must be a complete cunt and you go well no I just like what he said just like what he just said then yeah, yeah. but your scene is quite I don't, your scene is quite controversial mm. how do you feel about that how does it make you feel you're like I don't give a shit I'll just carry on doing what I'm doing I'm true to myself yeah, or, yeah. yeah. I, I think <laughs> I had an interesting experience the other day where I was invited on a podcast uh, that I did called Decoding the Gurus. And mm. their thing is they like talk to people from our scene right. and like expose us or whatever. <laughs> but they're, they're pretty, it's a fair debate. Yeah. So I went on there. I, I thought I did really well. We had a great conversation, blah, blah, blah. 
very respectful but forth, forceful disagreement. Mm. Um, and then we went away and they posted it to their audience and we posted it on the YouTube channel. And the comments on our YouTube channel were like, oh, that was brilliant. KK did great, you know, whatever. The comments on their Twitter post were like, who is this idiot? This is what oh, a 14 year old libertarian, like all of this stuff. And you just, and so when, when, I, when people say I'm controversial, I just think they're not really talking to me or about me. Mm. They, I'm content. Yeah. I'm just content, you know. And the way I think about it is there's a I'm a huge basketball fan and there's a player in, in the NBA um who's become huge in the last many years now called Steph Curry. Right. And every basketball fan kid now has his jersey and his sneakers and whatever and they love him. And he single-handedly transformed the game of basketball because he was able to shoot and score from a different position to everybody else, from right. much further. It's like the equivalent of like, imagine if there was a football player who could score goals from the halfway line consistently. Mm. It would change the game. It would change yeah. how people defend and everything. And he's hugely successful. He's won loads of titles. And I fucking hate the prick. <laughs> Because he changed the game in a way that I don't oh, like. Oh, I see. Right, right, okay. He's a great guy. He's a family man. He like He's, he's a great guy. I just don't like <laughs> this thing that he's done to the game because it used to be different when I was growing up. And Michael yeah. Jordan, it was a different game. You know, you wouldn't be doing things like Steph Curry's doing. Yeah. That's why I don't like him. Right. Now, is that fair? Is that reasonable? No. No. No, <laughs> of course not. But... But that's how people are. I'm just content. So some people think I'm controversial. Some people think I'm great. Some people think I'm evil. Whatever. It's mm. great. The, the thing for me is I'm just trying to be true to me. Right. And speak to people that interest me and have conversations mm. that interest me. And I'll just as happily sit down with you as I'll sit down with someone who's got very different opinions. Uh, it doesn't really matter to me. And also, you know... This is going to sound arrogant, but it's like I'm at the point now where I've got quite a lot of proof that mm. what I'm doing is the right thing. Yeah. You know, I've got a very successful YouTube show. I'm a Sunday Times bestselling author. I have a large audience. I, I, I This is my life. I make a living from it. I, I write a sub stack, which is very popular. Like, you know, people can say what they want. The fact is, I mean, the results are there. Mm. So, like, I'm controversial. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you mean when you say I'm controversial is some people don't like me and some people like me. Yeah. But that's over time, isn't it? Yeah. That you've got used, to, you've got, you've got your head around yes. it, and now you've, like you say, you've, you're very successful. Yeah. Which also gives you a comfort. You kind mm. of, it sort of bolsters you, doesn't it? Yeah. But when you first started out, yeah. and you first like that must have been difficult. It was. Yeah. It was, and that's because. Um, you know that you know if you we probably would have been friends on Facebook ages ago before yeah. I became in any way publicly known or anything. I was always having the discussions yeah, on yeah, my yeah. Facebook. Well, we did. We had yeah. we had discussed in the loft in Edinburgh. Yeah. So yeah. I was always interested in the stuff, and I was always chat to people. So in some ways, I've always been controversial. Is just now the platform's bigger. Mm. Whereas in the past, it'd be me and you sitting having a drink in in the performers bar in Edinburgh. Mm. Now I'm talking to lots of people. Uh, and that's the only thing that's changed. So I, I've just uh, tried to be consistent with what I believe. But initially, of course, it's difficult, particularly when, you know, as, as you know, when you're on the comedy circuit and there's a very one-dimensional way of looking at things mm. sometimes. And these are the people who have power over your career. Yeah. That was hard. And also, 
you know, you get a lot of people making assumptions about your motivations, why you do what you do, mm. or you're just saying this to blah, blah, I was going to say, do you feel sometimes you're saying stuff just to get a reaction? That's what people think, but no. I'm not doing that at all. No. I've never done that. It's never been the case for me. I'm always trying to communicate what I'm thinking about, why I'm thinking about it, what I, what I think people might be missing, you know, can I add something here? Mm. You know, particularly with my background, you know, coming from another country, I have an outsider's perspective. That was always the foundation of my comedy as well. Yeah, it's like, yeah. hey, I'm from Russia, here's some funny things about Britain. Well, the, the same is true of my political commentary. It's like, I've had certain experiences mm. that you haven't had. And as someone who was born in the Soviet Union, you know, the idea that free speech is being eroded is kind of a, you know, that's mm. quite quite a big deal. And maybe to people in the comedy industry who were born 20 years ago, never grew up in a country where they didn't have free speech, that they associate the idea of free speech with other things. But to me, mm. it's just the bedrock of Western society. Yeah. And that's a difference that I, I think some people don't understand. And that's why I try to get that out there. So it's difficult when the industry in which you work sort of resents and rejects you. Mm. But then, as I say, I think over time you learn that, you know, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I like a lot of people that I spent time with when I was a comedian, you, you, yourself included. But a lot of the time I never, I didn't really feel like this is my crowd. Right. That these are the people with whom I want to spend yeah. my days. Like after a gig, I'd be quite keen to get home usually. Yeah. I, I didn't want to hang around until midnight having drinks and chatting usually with most people so oh, it was never really exactly my vibe anyway mm. so moving out of that it was probably always going to happen and yeah look it was difficult particularly when I, you know i turned down that contract which became a big story yeah. and i got a lot of people making a lot of assumptions i thought i, I was very idealistic and naive because i was like I'm taking one for team comedy here. Like, well, surely all comedians believe that, you know, we should be able to make jokes about different things. Mm. And then to see quite a lot of people in the comedy industry, at least outwardly, pretend that I was doing it for attention or because I was some right. evil guy or whatever. That, I found that difficult mm. because I was like, that's not what I'm doing. No. And, and you probably know that. Then I realized a lot of it would have been just jealousy. Right, you know, right, right. Because we're all, you know, when you're a comedian, you, you're trying so hard and you're you're spending so much time working on your craft and you're driving, as we were talking about before we started the podcast, you drive yeah. for five hours to Cuntington on Sea and perform <laughs> to 30 people and and yeah. that's your life. And you're, you're, and you're good. You know, most of the comedians you meet on the comedies, they're great. They're good yeah. at comedy. Yeah. They, know, they know how to make people laugh. They work hard at their craft. And yet your fate is not within your control to a large no, extent. Not at all. It depends on gatekeepers and are you the flavor of the month that people are looking for? If you've got the right skin color, you're the right shape and size and if you've got the right genitals and whatever. So there's a lot of that kind of like frustration among comedians. And so when they see someone else getting the tension, it's painful, mm. you know? And it, I didn't see it quite like that at the time because you were being attacked by your colleagues, supposedly. But over time, I kind of realized that that was what was happening. And, you know, look, a lot of stuff that, that happens is is difficult to process, but necessary for growth. And it was, a, I couldn't do what I do now if that hadn't happened. Right, okay. Because yeah. it, it, it that's how I developed a, a, a like a, a confidence that, you know what, if I'm doing what I believe is the right thing, Mm. and people are attacking me, well, maybe that's just what happens to people who 
do the right thing sometimes. Yeah. And if you look throughout history, quite a lot of people that we now look up to and respect were people who did things that were unpopular in, in the time that they existed in. Yeah. And I'm not going to name the names because then people are going to always comparing themselves to Martin Luther King. <laughs> I'm absolutely not doing that. But you know what I mean? It's yes. like people who have the courage of their convictions to stand up and go, I think this is the right thing and I think this is the wrong thing. They usually get attacked mm. Yeah. in one way or another. Um, so that's just, you know, par for the course. But there's this assumption that because you're questioning things, you know, certain things that you're anti certain people, mm. which I don't think is the case. Having spoken to you before, I don't think you're anti anybody. You're kind mm. of, you just, like you say, you're the, the conversation is the reason you're anti pedos. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they go, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, no, no, no. no, I mean, no, something else. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. Well, then, you know, even that, I mean, you can't, you know, no one, no one wants to be a pedophile, but, you know, you can't help. What's gone on? You can help how you react to those feelings, and that's the point. Mm. But that's this. I said to He's this. Excusing Peter Philly. I said to go. this once. Pro, said, this is a pro nonce <laughs> podcast. <laughs> it's not. It's pro. It's pro people. But yeah, it's a but tricky one. But this is how they twist things, right? Yeah, this is what yeah, I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I know yeah. exactly what you mean. Mm. But so you were saying that I, I'm not against certain things. Yeah. Or certain but you people. see, because having spoken to you before, speaking to you now. The reason you're having these discussions is to try is you want people you want things to improve for everybody. Yeah. It's not you're not trying to cause fights and, and put anyone down for any you know, mm. just because of their sexuality or their gender or anything like that. You're just trying to have a discussion. It seems to me anyway. Well, I don't think I've ever put anyone oh, down you, because yeah. of their gender no. or anything like that. I, I would say that there are issues where different values come into conflict mm. and different people's rights come into conflict. So, for example, uh, you know, one of the most controversial issues of our time is the issue of transgenderism. Mm. And uh, as someone who employs two people with gender dysphoria, right. I understand that side of it. But I also think not enough people, particularly on the comedy side of this, the sort of left-leaning progressive side of things, understand what's actually been happening. I mean, the Tavistock Clinic in this country, where mm. a lot of these surgeries were being done, has now been shut down pending investigations. Oh, wow. Because children were being encouraged to transition when that was not the right thing for them. Right. And you now have thousands of people in this country and in America suing these people for basically chopping their breasts off. Wow. Now, that seems to me, for all the compassion you might want to have for people who suffer from gender dysphoria mm. and whatever, quite an important thing where you're going, well, this is about child safety, mm. right? And then you've got people like Karen White, which is a, a male-bodied person going yep. into a female prison and raping people. That seems to me quite important, right? Mm. So, but that's the thing, isn't it? It's that example that then they say that's the reason that trans people are then vilified and, and made to look like, oh, they're animals. And it's like yeah. that one person did that one thing. Yeah. And now we're like, oh, yeah, but. And it's like, yeah, but with everything, someone's going to be a prick somewhere in anything yeah. you do. But this isn't about someone being a prick. This is about should a person with a penis be in a female prison, mm. right? Yeah. So it's not about a person being a prick. It's about should people who are capable of raping other people be with the potential right. victims in a single space? And my argument is no. Mm. My argument is no. Children, I mean, the, if you look at the child issue, the very basic thing that we all understand is children are not capable of consent. No. Right? That's true. So if you've got people who are encouraged down a path, mm. and we now have quite a lot of evidence that there are many people who regret being, and we've had people like this 
coming on the show and we've had talk to people like this and there's plenty of no, there's, there's a few yeah i've spoke i've not spoke i've heard talking yeah about this thing and, they re- and yeah. there are people who email into trigonometry and go i watched this interview and i realized i was going down the wrong path and that's mm. why i still have my breasts yeah yeah, yeah. That's, to me that, that i mean that's quite important and of all for all the compassion you might want to have for people who are transgender and as i say I know people, I've interviewed a lot of transgender people, I employ people with gender dysphoria, I am sensitive to that issue, that does not mean that I want to see children being mutilated. No. Yeah. And so when you say, are you against things or not, I am against some things, mm. like treating children as if they're capable of making decisions yeah. as adults, like putting women in vulnerable positions, etc. So there are situations where there's a conflict between different groups and you have to kind of go, well, which one is more important? Mm. How do we find a balance? So... The problem we have, as you rightly say, is what I've just said outside of the context where you've given me the space to explain it, I hope properly, is, well, you you hate trans people or or whatever, which I don't. I just think that there are certain people that also need to be protected and that comes into conflict with the rights of trans people and that has to be worked out. Yeah, definitely. I think when it it comes to the children and having listened to some of their stories and you're like absolutely because it's such an extreme thing mm. that is going to happen to them and irreversible as well you, yeah. you that's the thing so that's why it really needs to have the conversation but as soon as you start having that conversation as you've just said mm. you're immediately seen as a turf or a transfer you're like no i'm not mm. i'm actually like you say protecting people that just need a bit of guidance we're not saying that what they're feeling isn't true we're not we're not dis- we're not dismissing their feelings. We're just saying let's just talk it through and let's just see, give it a bit of time, and so we can figure it out, really figure it out. So it gets to the point where we go, actually, yeah, that would be the right way for you to go, instead of just going, oh, that's how you feel now. Fine, yeah, absolutely, and just this blind encouraging mm-hmm. encouragement just does it just destroys, and it's, it's but then this is the thing, it gets twisted, you know, and I'm sure there are people that will listen to this and go oh Rich I thought you were yeah I am nothing's changed <laughs> nothing's changed I just want people to be protected and looked after right. that's my point but then this but is then, one of the, if yeah. I can just jump in this is one of the things I think with the general political conversation there's a lot of assumption about other people's intentions mm. that goes on it's like you're only saying that because blah 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 well what if the people who disagree with you are just as well intentioned as you. They just see that a different side of something, yeah, yeah, yeah. or they they have a different set of values. And this is one of the things I find quite interesting. Is um, obviously on 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 the more left leaning side, um, there is this attitude of well, I I am tolerant and I am compassionate and I am understanding. Well, fifty percent or more of your political predispositions are genetic. Mm. You can't change them, right? right? They are the way they are because of how really? you were born. Add on top of that childhood experiences, where you come from, how you grew up, all the experiences you had throughout life. Most of people's political views are a product of who they are genetically Mm. and how they experience life growing up. That's where most of it comes from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if 80% of your political views are sort of things you can't really do much about, how tolerant am I being when I'm looking at you go, he's got the wrong opinions? It's kind of going like, well, he's got, you know, black skin or brown skin or whatever. It's kind of, it's not that just part of you. It's part of you to some extent. So to to treat other people as if their political opinions are purely a matter of, you know, they woke up one day and decided Mm. to be a bigot. It's not really how it works. People are much more sophisticated than that. And so 
I think it's really important to understand that it's not always the case that people on the other side of the political spectrum have good intentions. Mm. I actually think, you know, a lot of this woke stuff that I rail against and I think is very damaging to our society, it's well-intentioned people trying to make the world a better place as they yeah. understand it. I happen to disagree with, with their way of doing it, right. but I think they're well-intentioned. And I think sometimes people who are left-leaning automatically assume that anyone that disagrees with them is ill-intentioned. They're yeah. motivated by bigotry or racism or prejudice. Well, no, maybe they, they've just got a different experience or they had a, a friend who went through something and they know more about it than you might do. You know, It's like um, I, know, I know a guy who was very... Uh, very like pro lockdown, pro vaccine, pro all of that, and then his mate got vaccinated and had a seizure and can't walk properly, and he changed his mind. Mm. Now is that because he's a bigot? Now, no, no maybe he's just had an experience. experience. Yeah, you know, it's a tricky one. But again, it's that it's this is why we have these conversations, and in a safe space to be able to do so. Mm-hmm. You know, because you can't do this on social media, because mm-hmm. as we've already discussed. They just go, well, you're like that then, and that's you in that category. You're fucked, and you yeah. just go, I just, I just want to talk to everybody about everything because I want everyone to, be, I want everyone on all the sides. I mean, yeah, of course, there's extremes on either side, and they want the worst for people. They want it. They're more about themselves, and they're, you know, they 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 are manipulative, and they are just they want the that the evil form of power where they want to be against everybody, and the, they see the like the left, the woke coming in and like taking that power away from them, so they. But everyone's just as fucked as everybody else. Mm. It's it's talk to each other, mm-hmm. you know. That's the thing. I mean, there is that like we talked about earlier, like you said about that one that one person. There's been very few cases of people in like that, like you say, like that guy in in prison who then went on to rape people in the prison. There's very few cases mm. of that happening mm-hmm. in not just prison, but in, in refugees in, and anyway, yeah, very few. But because of that, it's just now it's now right. No, that's it. Everybody. Who identifies as a woman, but is in a is a potential rapist. Mm. I think that's a bit extreme. But Norman, so I didn't say that, right? No. And you know, I didn't say that. But but having someone with a penis in a female prison creates a situation where that can happen, mm. and that should never happen, right? right? Can we agree on that? Yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. of course, it shouldn't happen. So. From that perspective, and look, we've had uh, Debbie Hayton, who's a trans woman on the show, and you know, I asked her this question. I said, like, look, I, I don't think you being in a female prison is a good idea. And she, she was like, absolutely not. Uh, but I also don't think you being in a male prison is a good idea because I think you'd be quite vulnerable. Mm. And she was like, well, I agree. And that's why maybe the solution is the state needs to step in and make provisions for people like me. Yeah, definitely. So that we can be safe, but also so that women can be assured that they are safe in a female prison. Yeah. And that's often what a lot of the solutions start to look like. Once you get out of the tribal, you know, I'm for this and I'm against this, you go, what is the problem? Well, the problem is we've got a group of people who don't really fit in either box. Mm. What do we need to do? We need to create a new box. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, true. Right. And that's what happens when, when you talk. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just shouting... But then you've got people that go, yeah, but then you're making them separate. And you go, no, I'm not. We're making the, there's three boxes. There's all, wherever many genders there are, there's, there's all those. There's so many boxes. Mm. We're not just separating just that one particular group of people. It's everybody. Mm. You know, we're all making, we're making, uh, uh, making sure everybody's comfortable in their own spaces is what we're saying. But, you know. And other people are protected. Yeah, exactly. This is another thing is like, I think people sometimes forget that, um, 
while it's true that most people are well-intentioned, there is also evil in the world. Mm. There are bad people. Yeah, definitely. And uh, sometimes we go too far in assuming that, you know, people behaving in a certain way is, is you know, they've been failed by the system or by system. No, no, some people are just murderers. Yeah. Some people just, are just rapists. Again, it's just in them. It's just in them. Yeah. And you can't change that. You can't reform that. You can't brainwash them out of that. All the evidence is the rehabilitation programs don't really work very well. Some people are just what they are. And you got to, the only thing you can do is protect the rest of us mm. from them. Yes. And, and sometimes you just got to accept that too. Yeah. You know, um, so, you know, this is the point. It's like life is complicated. It is. That's the thing. It is. Yes. But no one's talking about that. Yeah. They just go, it's this or it's this. Yeah. Because no, it's not. Yeah. Everyone moves around. We're all, we're all f- more fluid than you realise. But let me ask you something. Do you think that that's true generally, or do you think that's more true on social media? What, that is straight down the yeah. line, either this or that? Yeah. Probably more so online. Yeah. When you actually talk to people out in the real world, everybody's a little bit more, maybe because they know that, other people, their peers aren't mm. looking at them. Maybe there's that. I'm not saying they're saying anything that they... No, no, that's a big part of it. For yeah. sure, it's performative, yeah, what yeah, happens. Yeah. And also, look, I love Twitter, but it's like when I write a tweet, I think I want to make this point because I think it's important. Mm. And I write it out and it's three times longer than a tweet will allow. Yeah. So I end up cutting it down. And what do I end up cutting out? Well, all the things that make the point nuanced. And wh- and then I look at the final tweet. I'm like, no, fuck <laughs> I'm not tweeting that because I just look like a cunt. You know what I mean? Yes. So sometimes it, the nature, the, the, the there's a saying, uh, the medium is the message. Mm. And Twitter and other forms of social media, they channel what you put out there into a certain way of doing it which becomes the message. That's why Twitter is so antagonistic because it's in public, it's a competition for status, for yeah. likes, for whatever, for owns, who destroyed whom with fact and logic and whatever. Um, and it's it's just in the nature of it to do that. But I think most people probably aren't like that. No. Because um, most people aren't on Twitter. <laughs> That's true. There's that as well. Yeah. It's like 15% or something. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. But let's go back a little bit. Mm. You mentioned earlier that you came from extreme wealth mm. and then you ended up homeless. Yeah. That must have been... How do you deal Awful. with that? I panic. About, I've still got it in me. For some reason, I feel, I feel I'm going to be homeless at some point. Mm. I don't know why. Whenever I'm driving, I've said this before on here. I'll, I'll always say, "I go, oh yeah, you could, you could, you could live in that little bit there. You could make a thing, or you could. I just go in there. I don't so know you're why. Just I planning. Do it. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> you're preparing for the inevitable future. Uh, yeah, it was awful, man. Mm. It's fucking horrific. It's awful. Yeah, yeah. And I never say that I was homeless because uh, I still had a job to go to. I still had some money. Yeah. You know, I wasn't. She went out on a bench. No. No. No, I mean, I was, but not for a long time. And I always knew that I'd probably be okay. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I had friends and stuff. Um, It was, it wasn't a, there was no permanence to the situation. I always thought that I was going to get out of it. Um, But it was horrific. And, but then, not but then, it was horrific. Yeah. And it also is why I am who I am. Right. It also is, because I, I still, I always think about this i remember one time i I used to smoke back then because you would do Mm. Um, and i was walking along 
and most of my day was spent just trying to find some somewhere to be yeah. you know not not be in a park just walk along go and sit down somewhere sit on the bench whatever and i was walking along and um this guy was sit standing on the bus bus stop waiting for a bus mm. and he sparked up a cigarette uh, and then the bus came and so he dropped the cigarette right and i waited for everyone to leave and ah. i picked it up and finished and i remember how i felt doing that ah. Yeah. And I remember that moment always because I'm like I'm never ever going back to that place again. Yeah. Ever. Fuck, man. Ever. No. I am not going back. And that's what spurred you on. Yeah. And so for me, uh part of my drive is about wanting to contribute and wanting to create and build great things, but part of it is also like I've been down there. Yeah. I'm not going back there ever. No. Wow, man. That's the I remember reading in George Orwell's book, is it down and out in Paris to mm. London and he mentioned it as the first time I'd read somewhere and they said that's the thing about being homeless there's, there's nothing to do mm. there's nowhere to go mm. so you're just and that's what I think again I've mentioned this before in the pandemic when we were all locked in that was what was affecting us the most we weren't needed anywhere mm. and we needed we need to be needed in places mm -hmm. so when you don't have that that's when you, you the, the bad side of mental health kicks in mm. and starts all these strange thoughts and because you think well no one no one likes me no one gives a <laughs> shit no one needs me to be anywhere ah oh, fuck I'm, mm. I'm a terrible person mm. and purpose you know, yeah. purpose is uh, again um, this is slightly different between men and women because women have another option that men don't um, for purpose kids right but not all kids not all women though some women I, did, I didn't say that. See, this is this is this is why we've got the filters on now. We're trying to appease everybody. Of course not. Of course it's yeah. not all women. But women do most women have that mm. option. And as I found with my wife, who was very career focused before. Yeah. We've had a we had a baby six months ago. Couldn't give a shit about her career right now, mate. Yeah, Just enjoying course. that. So but for men especially, purpose is so important. Mm. And purpose again is the answer to a lot of people's mental health issues. It's like once you've got something you love doing and you're doing it and you're having even incremental, I'm not talking about, you know, being, you know, the most successful person in the world at it, just feeling like you're making progress. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. this is your thing and this is what you were, you're on the planet to do. It's hard to kind of feel depressed when you've got that, you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's so fulfilling. Yeah, that's true. It's like, with, yeah, I mean, I, I have moments with gigs where I'm, I'm driving, I'm five hours in the car, mm -hmm. 20 minutes on stage, and I'm straight back in the car, five hours back. I'm like, I haven't even, I've just been all the way to like North Yorkshire or wherever. And I've done 20 minutes and I'm back. And go, I can't do this forever. Yeah. But then you, you kind of, you have to you go, well, I look at the job I have that has allowed me the space that I can drive that far, mm -hmm. do that little bit of work. Drive, while I'm in the car, I'm thinking about the work. Driving back, I'm thinking about the work because I have that, have the luxury of that time and that space and you do this and you talk yeah. to different people about things that interest you yeah you know that's very fulfilling very fulfilling yeah, yeah. and it, to me i just i think uh you know coming back to the conversation we were having about mental health most mental health uh what we now call mental health is a natural response to not living the life that you want to be living mm. Yeah, there's an element and of that. And not having yeah. the skills to do what you want to do in life. Yeah. I think most of it is that. And that's why one of the other reasons that while I'm someone who really thinks it's really important to go and do all kinds of personal development mm. stuff, um, I'm less keen on sort of 
making it a like a health issue because I I don't think of it as a health issue. I I think of it as a problem to be solved yeah. issue. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's a much more. Uh, it's a way that is much more likely to lead you to the solutions that you're looking for uh, than simply treating it as a, a thing you need to take tablets for or whatever. You know I what think, I mean? yeah, tablets is the extreme. Because speaking as someone who does fear and anxiety does get in the way, but it's not, it, it can be debilitating, but, but only because it's the unknown. And I, I understand that now. Mm. So that's why I go, yeah, you're just, you're just nervous about it because it's a new thing. Mm. And you've, you've done so many new things now in your 50 years on the planet mm. that you know that what will happen is you're worried about it now, but then you'll go and do it and then you'll get good at it and then you won't feel bad about it that's anymore. It. But it's overcoming that initial fear there's only it's taken me all this time to get to that point. Yeah, but you have to get over it. You, you know, I'm not saying pull your socks up, be a man. It's not about pulling your socks no. up. It's about learning how to. What you're yeah. describing there is nothing to do with manning up or pulling your socks up. What you're well. talking about is we all get given a brain. Yeah, and each one of us us has a different brain, and the journey of a human being is to work out what have I got. And how do I best use it? Yeah. And what you've described there is essentially going, ah, so every time I do something new, this is what happens. Yeah. So that's that thing kicking in. I've got a mechanism to get past that now. Yeah. Fantastic. And then you can go. And of course you're going to be. It's like, you know, I'm sitting here having this conversation with you. I'm not in my head at all. No. Five years ago. I would have got here an hour early and been like <laughs> rehearsing and whatever because it, yeah. it takes time. It takes practice. You get better at things. You get more comfortable at things. And that's why I think, you know, uh, the focus on how do you get better? Yeah. How do you grow as a person? How do you improve your skill set? Uh, and your skill set isn't just the narrow thing that you're doing in your work, which is, in your case, comedy or mm. podcasting or whatever. There's lots of other things that come with it. You know, there's business skills. There's a managing money skills. There's all these other things. Yeah. And they make for a more complete person. Uh, and, uh, and it's other stuff as well. Like, I'm not someone who's naturally that empathetic. Uh, but that's something I've really had to work on because with trigonometry now we have like a team of eight people who who need managing and managing people means you have to understand what they're going through and whatever so that's been a learning process for me because I know I can't get to where I want to get to (laughs) unless I'm running the team well Um, how does that feel though knowing that you don't that you didn't have the empathy you just how did you how did you find out that's the thing. Because well, if you don't know, you don't yeah. know. No, but you do know because you, you're not, you, if you're not, it's not that I didn't have empathy, no. but I, I, I was not naturally empathetic. It, it's yeah. not my natural skill. Um, what you end up doing is you end up saying things that are well-intentioned to people, but they sometimes don't hear it the way you yeah, intended. Yeah, yeah. And then they're not happy. And that means you're not happy. And that means there's a conflict and things are not working. And so you go, well, I know I've done something here. And mm. no matter what my intentions were, the result has not been what I wanted. Yeah. So that's not good. I don't want to be getting results no. that I don't want, right? So what do I need to do to get the results I want? Well, I'm maybe not naturally able to read people's cues as well as other people who spend their whole life being over empathetic yeah. and thinking too much about you know, how someone feeling. And that can be crippling too. But... Maybe I ask people a few more questions and go, well, is that okay with you? Or can we, mm. you know, maybe the way when I ask someone to do something, it doesn't need to be like, Sophie, could you do this? It could be like, so if we've got this problem, what do you think would be the best way to fix it? Yeah. 
You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might be that. It might be going, you know, I know that, you know, this has been difficult. How are you feeling today or how has your life been? And building relationships with people where they can actually say to you how they feel without feeling like mm. you might get upset. You know, one of the things I always say, whenever I ask people who I respect for advice about what to do with my life or career or whatever, I always say, look, I am obviously someone with a big ego. But whenever it comes to me asking for help or advice, I take that ego and I leave it outside the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can say anything you want to me and I will not take any offense because yeah. I want to improve. Yeah. You know, and if you build that kind of relationship with people, they feel more comfortable and go, actually, this doesn't work, you yeah. know, and then we can work it out. Um, so I just, I, the, the, I always think about, it's kind of like in a sport, you know, and Bill Bird, when we had him on the show, he talked about this and I've heard him talk about it previously. It's like, if you're a basketball player and you can only dribble with your right hand, mm. that's a weakness. Yeah, yeah. Right, so what do you do? Well, yeah. you, you try and learn to play with your left hand. So for me, someone who's naturally driven, who is a good leader, organizer, and whatever, there's always a temptation to to sort of treat people as objects a little bit. Right, okay. To be like, well, we need to get this done. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So piece A <laughs> needs to move over here and piece, because that's how you get shit done. Yeah. Right? But then you realize also over time, it's like, well, the pieces need to be feeling good about life and, <laughs> yeah. and whatever. So, and then, you know, I, I used to, I remember talking to Francis and our producer Anton endlessly going, I am so dreading hiring people. Right. Because I know it's kind of probably going to end up my job to manage them mm. and I'm not I'm not ready. No. <laughs> but then eventually it just came to a point where we had to hire someone and then I had to be ready. Yeah. I had to learn. Um and to me, you know, that's how you that's how you get better. That's how you grow. That's how yeah. you you you're able to do more learning things you're not good at. Yes. You know. Whatever yeah. that is. And so I'm kind of addicted to that. I'm, ad I'm addicted to going, what are the blind spots? What am I not? Because I know, I, this is like you were talking about how you learn to run your brain mm. more effectively. I, from an early age, knew that I have an addictive personality. Right. I can, and I can be, and I have been addicted to smoking, drinking, smoking weed, computer mm. games, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why don't I just be addicted to stuff that's good for me? Yeah, of course. Yeah, channel it. Right. Yeah. I'm not, I, there is never going to be a time when I'm not someone who gets addicted to stuff. Mm. That's just who I am. Yeah. It's well, my surely nature. part of the addiction, part of the charm, oh, not the charm, part of the, the need is the fact that you know it's not good for you. Yeah. That's the reason you're, you, you, you get into that sort of circular argument with yourself. I don't know. For me, it wasn't like that. For me, it's just like if I addict myself to things that are good for me, mm. the same energy just goes in a different direction. Yeah. And so being addicted to getting better personal growth, expanding my horizons, expanding my skill set, th that's what I'm addicted to now. Mm. You know, I, I, I have it's funny, I have all, all the gaming equipment at home, the gaming mouse and the gaming chair and the powerful computer that I built and blah, blah, blah. Haven't touched it for a year, man. No, really. I don't have the time because you know I've got a job I'm addicted to that I yeah. love. I've got a family that I'm addicted to that I love. I've got a baby. All of this stuff. I don't have the time to be addicted to computer games, and they don't give me the same satisfaction no. as the stuff that I'm now addicted to. Yeah. You know, and if if that were to change, I'd probably get back addicted to computer games because that's just how my brain works. So that's why I want to build a great life. Yeah. So I can be addicted to that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But that's, I think that's what we're all trying to do, aren't we? Yeah. We are, I think at the end of the day, we are trying to I don't to think improve. that's what we're all trying to do, no. I think most of us, do you not think so? No. No? Most people would rather be comfortable. 
Yeah, maybe. Most people don't mm. want to be uncomfortable. That's true, yes. Uh, and what I realized a long time ago is that's the choice. Mm. You either, you know how you're talking about doing new things and having that anxiety? Yeah. Either you get addicted to the high you feel afterwards. Yeah. Or it's like exercise. Either you get addicted to how good you feel afterwards or during exercise. Yep. Or you don't. Yeah. And then you just sit at home on the sofa eating chips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And that is the choice. So I think actually, and this isn't a judgment. I'm not looking down on those people because no. that's how I used to be. Yes. Uh, uh, yes, same. Yeah. Most people don't actually want to pay the cost of what it's, it takes to grow. It, they don't make the, the effort. Yeah, the effort is... Effort and cost are slightly different because most people will put in the effort, mm. but there's other things other than effort, which is going outside your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Yes, doing things that make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah, you know, doing things you don't know how to do and being that idiot again because that's one of the things that happens over time. You develop skills yeah. and you go, well, I'm, I'm good at stand up. I can go on stage and make people. Why would I go out there and set up a podcast and be a dick that doesn't know what you're yeah, doing? Yeah, for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? <clears throat> I do. And most people, I think, are in that place, unfortunately. And so, and, and look, maybe it's the right choice for them. I don't judge people for being that way. People are wired differently, remember, mm. as we talked about, you know. But I think a lot of people would rather be comfortable than be successful. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, I think I'm basing it on the people I know. Maybe mm. it goes back to what you said. You kind of gravitate towards the same people that mm. are that going in the same direction. You kind of go, oh, yeah, if I'm around that person, it inspires me to go where I want to go. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And yeah. and that's see, to, that's why I think you know all this stuff that we're talking about in terms of personal development is so important because the most powerful thing in life, I think, is to know who you are. Mm. Truly, to know who you are. Um, there's lots of stuff that people have offered me to do that I've turned down because it's not who I am. No. Uh, and and that's an important thing to be able to tell. Am I? Am I keen to turn this down because it's not authentic to me? Or am I keen to turn it down because it scares me or it makes me anxious? Right, yeah. And that's hard. It's hard to know the distinction between those two because yeah. sometimes, and this is definitely true of me in the past, is like, oh, I, I want to do stuff, right? So if someone's offered me, I've got to go and do mm. this thing. Um, so, you know, that's the journey of life as well, I think, for me, is learning who are you? Yeah. What What is true? Like, I'm not a great salesman and someone once offered me a sales job and I thought about it and I was like, yeah. no, I'm not, I'm not going to be good at this. Um, yeah, working out who, who you are and maybe you are just someone, you know, there are a lot of people and I envy them, people who can just have a nine to five, 2.4 kids. Yeah. They, they, they go to the park on the weekend with their family. They sit and have an ice cream. They go to a job. Job doesn't massively inspire them, but they're happy doing it. It puts mm. food on the table, and then they spend their evenings and, and the weekends doing stuff. Maybe they're happier. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just I'm just not that person. No. And if you are that person, and that's what you've chiseled out of life for yourself, fucking great. All I care for me when I look at other people, the thing that hurts me the most is people not who are not in their place, mm. in the right place for them. You know that makes them unhappy, unfulfilled. Yeah. There's a thousand different ways to be fulfilled. But in terms of like growth and success and expanding and being great and whatever, most people in my experience don't want to don't want to pay the cost. No. Well, I've enjoyed this. Me too, man. Well, yeah. It's really good to see you. <laughs> and you, man. Yeah. What's next for what's next for you? What's I've happening? got a lot of big plans. Yeah. Um I, I'm someone who doesn't really 
I try not to I try not to talk about things until I'm ready to fully go like okay I'm, yeah. I've given my word to that this is going to happen yeah. so we're not kind of at that stage we've just moved uh, studio so uh, with trigonometry mm. uh, and which is massive now it's incredible it's going well yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, the studio is uh, we've so when we started it was a room above a, a pub <laughs> uh we moved, bounced around a lot. Yeah. Eventually, during the pandemic, we were like, well, look, this is kind of going full time now. Uh, let's rent uh, a flat where Francis and our producer, Anton, are going to live. Mm. There'll be a sofa for me to crash on when I need to stay. And we'll use the living room as the studio. Yeah. Uh, we did that for a year. Then we moved to a different place where we did the same thing for a year. And now we've actually moved into a commercial, like an office. It, it's a pretty big space, mm. which we're building right as we speak into essentially like a small TV channel type nice. of studio. So there's a dedicated set. There's a dedicated set for our live streams. There's a green room area. There's a workstation area. Our staff can come and work there when they need yeah, to. Yeah, right, man. Uh, and it's and it's slightly outside of London, which has its drawbacks, but it has its advantages as well. So right now, that's our focus. And, you know, we did a, a very good trip to America earlier this year I saw yeah and we'll be doing a couple of more of those next year Amazing. Uh, looking to see other guests that we couldn't get yeah. in at the time um, yeah but big plans man and you know I've, I, one of the things that I'm keen on as well is I'm talking about it a lot at the moment is I think that people like me who have in my opinion rightly stood up and gone look, I think we're going too far in mm. this woke direction I don't like some of the things that come with this I oppose some of the extremes of this um, I think that for good reasons but reasons that are kind of in the past to some extent there's been a focus on, on the negative mm. what don't we like what are we against what yeah. do we oppose I think people in my space need to start talking more about what am I for Right. What do I believe in? Yeah. What are the things that matter? What are the <clears throat> things that I have or we have or our way of thinking has to offer the world? Yeah. You know, if you if let's say that there was a tribe that I was in, what is that that our tribe offers to new members? Right. right? Yeah. So rather than saying, well, we're not woke idiots. OK, that's good. It's a good start. But what are what are we for exactly? What do we believe? Um and I, and I think there's a big conversation being had behind the scenes, but that that needs to start to to take shape more publicly. It's like what what, what well we've had this wonderful conversation and we talked to different people, but where does where does this go? Mm. What do we what do we value? What are, yeah, what is yeah, important? Yeah. Um, and for me, I think one of the things I really realized out of having my son six months ago is how antenatal our culture is, how how um how unencouraging we are really yeah to people having kids oh mate i'm surprised anyone has kids in our society do you think that's because it's because when i was growing up yeah because it wasn't long after the war i was only i was born in 1972 so mm. it was only you know not very long at all so there was still an encouragement to rebuild societies mm. that we needed everybody mm. to have kids because mm. so many had been lost mm. in the war but now we, there hasn't been a war like yeah. that so it's kind of like, oh yeah we've got enough now, so well, now and, and, and there's a conversation about is the planet overpopulated yeah, 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 yeah. I mean turns out actually if you speak to people who understand demographics we are about to go through a massive demographic collapse 
we need more people. Right. It's the opposite of what people think. But the planet, it can't sustain it. Oh, well, that isn't true because what's going to happen is in many, many other countries, because of that way of looking at it, mm. people stopped having kids 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. And now you're going to have a huge population of elderly people and not enough young people to pay their fucking pensions. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. So the planet may well be able to sustain it. The question is, can we have enough people to pay for us to have yeah. a care home to, to live right. in? So... So, but my point is more broadly is, is I've become that parent that I used to hate. Mm. It's like going, oh, it's the most fulfilling thing you ever. It is, <laughs> it is, it just is. It is, yeah. But but more than that, I I just think I, this isn't to say people should be having kids. I just mm. think we need to destigmatize, you know, women wanting to stay with their children because I know a lot of women. Yeah, who don't want to go back to a job, but we've created a society where it's kind of hard not to. Yeah, you need two incomes and all of that. So, from my perspective, I think we need to talk more about just it's that old liberal idea, and that's why I call myself liberal. Is I want people to be free mm. to do what's good for them that they want to do, and I think we've got to a point where quite a lot of people actually sort of a telling women well it's not cool for you to be a stay at home parent yeah, for yeah, example yeah. you know that is also an excess that I don't think is healthy so I think what we've got to do is open up the, the jobs market for people and be like you, you should never be discriminated against for who you are mm. but also if you don't want to do that and you want to be with your children male or female but particularly if women are more likely to want to that's okay as well yeah you know and uh, you know having kids is important Oh, yeah. You know, and it will also change how you think about life as well. Yeah. You know. Well, I'm talking now because I've just got married. Yeah. And oh, congrats. I didn't know thanks, that. Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. About a month ago. And, the, and there's an age gap. It's only, it's, only a, it's only, like, she's 36, I'm 50. Yeah. But obviously, she's feeling that, you know, look, and like she actually says, because I'm not getting any younger. Mm -hmm. So, you know. Crack on with so it. So crack on. So I had that, we had that massive chat and I was yeah. like, do I want to start again at this age? But I feel I feel I'm, I'm I love my boys, but my my lads I've already got are mm. incredible human beings. Mm. But now I'm like I feel even more ready than I did before mm -hmm. to have them. I'm that like, makes oh, sense. Yeah. So, well, yeah. you, you know, my sense of you is you've spent a lot of time doing similar things to me, which is working out who are you, how does your brain work, how do you, yeah. what what is it that you want to contribute to the world, all of this stuff. And of course, in that space, you're like, of course, I want ch children because. Yeah. I can show them things and teach them things that I never got. No one explained to me how to be a man. No. No one explained to me how to grow, how, what, what is important, what is valuable. No one taught me, no one gave me little tricks yeah. to run my brain well, right? But now I can pass that on. So my kids are not going to have to work some of the stuff out that I had to struggle with and whatever. Now, struggle is an important part of life, don't get me wrong. Mm. And they're going to have their own struggles. It's inevitable. But I'm in a slightly better position to just give them like a better starting kit. Yeah. You know? Uh, and then from that place, it's it's exciting to yeah. have kids, you know? So it I can is. totally see why you think that way. Well, that'll come. So this time next year. <laughs> Good luck with it, mate. Thanks, man. It's been an absolute pleasure. You too, Thank mate. You Thanks so for having much. me. Insane in the membrane. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Made by DarkHorseDigital.co.uk Shooting, live streaming and podcast production.